switch off week to week, but yeah, so myself, a mobile Kugo, frugal athlete, my good guy, my guy, Jed Collins, uh, fullback of finance. Every Wednesday, bank shots, news and moves of the modern athletes. Uh, how you doing today? Uh, you say you got some big wins. How's that going? Today's been a, Wednesday wins, man. We're feeling it. I'm excited about it. Um, you know, and I'm excited that more people are starting to reach out about this show, about the content. Uh, and brother, we're just growing. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm here. No, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Yeah, uh, we won last night, so that was big. Um, but let's get right into it. You know, thanks. Let's go. Um, a lot of news has happened over the week. Um, athletes of front office, um, Sean Livingston, um, obviously great player, came out of high school, um, had a big injury, um, like dislocated his knee, or sorry, his knee, like PCL, ACL, MCL, meniscus, completely shattered it. Found his way back, ended up, you know, having a very successful career at the Warriors, and now he's working in the front office staff. So touch on that a little bit. Well, number one, I remember Sean Livingston coming out of high school and being on that, like, LeBron James level of, you know, potential and hype. To see him get derailed and have that kind of injury and still continue to be become and adopt and pivot, which is the definition of being a modern-day athlete is – pivot, adjust, and continue, and he became the sixth man of the year for the, the Warriors. So that shows you his mindset, but he went and he got educated. I loved in the article he discusses how nervous he was to walk into the Harvard Business School and to be around that mindset, to be around those professors. But truly what this is showing us is that players are starting to approach the game as a business, so much so that they are more now, maybe not more interested, but they are just as interested in the game off of the court, off of their field. And I think this evolution of seeing former athletes become coaches and now former athletes going to the front office is just getting started. Uh, there was also another story on Jamal Mashburn uh, this week around how he has opened over 100 franchises, as we talked about last week, that that facility. But he has tried on two occasions to purchase and become an owner of an NBA franchise. And so this evolution of seeing the business of sports and wanting to participate in it is such a unique thing. And Sean is the latest example. No, it's great um, that you mentioned Jamal Mashburn. And it's crazy how we didn't mention him last week because when yeah. it comes to franchising, he's him, Junior Bridgman are two of the like forefront athletes that have done a great job. Um, and speaking in terms of Sean Livingston, um, I really just want to highlight that just he went to high school, you know, top prospect, as you said, he didn't go to college. He didn't go back to finish college, but he still found a way to educate himself. And I'm sure, you know, as we talked to talked before, iron sharp is iron, you know, being in that Silicon Valley area, being on that Warriors team with other guys, Steph Curry, uh, uh, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, uh, enticed him probably to like figure out ways to learn about oh, yeah. and uh, expose himself to new things. And then the type of role that he was able to get with um, the Warriors front office, because many times you see you either an agent or a coach. Um, now, you know, there's so many different ways to get involved in the sports business aspect on your team or former team, whatever may have you. Um, I think it's cool to see Sean Livingston kind of live that out. And um, it's really cool to it, see. It is so cool to see. And it, it is neat, as you said, somebody without a college education developing into that kind of businessman and and student 
but it is it's really playing into this mindset. And Mashburn, I think, said it's said it best. He said, I grew up in New York City. Every room I walked in, I had to immediately find my exit strategy. As you look at Sean, as you look at Jamal, it feels like this is an understanding. The athlete of today is not saying I am not going to be great. They are not saying my career is going to be over tomorrow, but we are approaching it with that end in mind. We have to always have an exit strategy. And I even love that he said when he shook David Stern's hand as a rookie, he made a mental note to make sure to shake his hand on the way out. That exit strategy, that plan was already being built. So this is going to be a neat offering. It is also going to be extremely interesting, especially with some of the social injustice movements as former athletes position themselves into the front office, into sports today, where they will see the shifts in both the voice on the field as well as how to handle the assets of the players off the field. No, exactly. And as you said, Jamal Mashburn, he's one of the, if you're looking for athletes to follow, make sure you guys look him up. Uh, so next topic, athlete, investors, and endorsers. You know, last week we spoke about DeAndre Hopkins, um, you know, kind of managing his own contract to lead to being one of the highest paid uh, NFL wide receivers, if not the highest. Um, Tonal just raised a new round. If you guys are familiar with Peloton, Tonal is kind of like the next frontier in um, home fitness. Um, and a bunch of athletes in invested in that. Steph Curry, Paul George, Bobby Wagner, uh, Michelle Lee. So let's talk about this 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 new phase in the sense of not only investing in what you know you know we as athletes as professional athletes we know what works when it comes to fitness and then in terms of being an athlete investor and endorser in the case of deandre hopkins how do you feel about them so i let's let's talk about deandre first because this is an interesting one in that it's a privately held company and they were looking at him as hey DeAndre, you're a Pro Bowl player. 14 catches your first game. People like you. People want a piece of you. Just you keep keep using our product, take some pictures, post them out, and we that's what we want to, to offer with you. He is the one who, and we talked about last week, very conscious in negotiating his own deal. He is the one that went back to Therabody and said, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't I am not the, the traditional athlete. I don't want the endorsement deal. I want ownership. I see where this is going. I use it. I believe in the products. He even said, I could see how it changes your life or your career. That is something I want to be invested into. So this to me is such a timing of, of not only introducing him as an athlete to the world. I negotiated my own contract. I want to begin to build my sport, my, uh, excuse me, my business portfolio for my life after the game. But I love that he took a, a good deal. He said, hey, here's probably $100,000 or whatnot to just be an endorser. And he pushed that back across the table and said, I now understand where business is going, what is where and how wealth is going to be created. That is what I want to participate in. And I wasn't in the room, but it would have been really neat if he would have said, unless I am a partner, I want no part of this deal. That to me is one, him becoming conscious as a businessman, but the identification that you cannot exploit an athlete just while they're playing, they want to now participate in the future growth of a company. Um, and I thought this was a prime example of that. No, as, you, as you've seen before, you know, with LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, um, these brands, these startups, these organizations that are trying to work with athletes, 
it's a whole new game now. You know, you got to offer more than just um, having the athletes post pictures on Instagram or, you know, make a, t- a tweet to like um, hype up a product. They want to be involved. Mm-hmm. They want to have, you know, kind of say a seat at the table in the sense of what they're saying, um, the business moves. And I love it. You know, I love it. The fact that something like uh, their body, something that athletes use, something that he can actually, you know, have a basis around like ex- personal experience of actually using it and then be involved from an investor standpoint. Um, this is what it's all about. And like you said last week, you know, DeAndre Hawkins is a guy that has that leverage. Um, so while athletes, you know, whether they're rookie, you know, mid, mid table, mid veteran or veteran, just because you may not have the leverage, it doesn't hurt to ask when it comes to these opportunities and you may not get it. But the fact to have that mindset of equity, ownership, partnership, instead of endorser, sponsor, affiliate marketer. Um, like you said, um, that's that's the modern athlete, and you're going to see more and more of it. That mindset, connecting those first two stories, as it, as you know, you saw Sean, what is my exit strategy? As we look at this one, it was, well, I get the short-term cash flow. I get the, you pay me, I'm going to go sell this product for you. But to truly take a step back and say, where am I going to be in three years? Where's this company going to be in three years? What about 10 years? I want to participate because I believe in the product. One of the ways people as day traders are starting to invest is what Warren Buffett has said for a long time. Invest in what you know. As an athlete, this product, as well as the next one we're about to talk about, is what athletes know. I know this gun helps me not only get ready for a game, but also recover from a game. That is an offering that I want to participate in and I want to continue to utilize throughout my career and then beyond. So I I thought that was a really good long-term mindset and to approach it of, I don't want to be done playing in three years and have this cash flow stop. I want to continue on and have that long-term relationship. Exactly. And then now you talk about what investing, what you know, Uh, Tonal raised a hundred million, not just athletes, but athletes were involved in the new round. Uh, Steph Curry, uh, Paul George, Bobby Wagner, Michelle Wee, amongst others. Um, let's talk about that because, you know, as athletes, you get a lot of deal flow. You get deal flow from left and right, up and down. But when you have an opportunity to invest in a product that you are able to use, that you understand why or why it may not work, um, you're able to provide more input. You're able to, able to provide more value. And with that comes more opportunity to see your investment grow. So talk about that from the standpoint, as I'm sure you've been, you know, pitched a couple of deals uh, based on which ones that you've chose to do, which ones that you haven't chose to do, and why did it all make sense as athletes continue to get this deal flow when they want to invest in what they know? You know, I, I think there are two things that you can get from deal flow to athletes. You can get their fame, as we talked about with DeAndre. We just want you to sell what we do, and you can get their fortune. Unfortunately, I wasn't that famous and I didn't have a big fortune. So my deal flow was a little bit limited. Uh, You do get opportunities, which are always fun to discuss. But we look at this tonal. Steph Curry gets some promotion for being the latest round. I got to give my Cougar, you know, family, Clay Thompson, a little shout out. He was in the first round. So these athletes investing into this idea. We, we look at the climate today. I am saddened to see and feel like the small gym, even the major, you know, kind of club gym is going to be 
affected, impacted for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. I myself, I have not been back to my gym since this pandemic started in March. That is a sad realization, but it's forced me to look at my home and look at how I'm going to continue my fitness in a new atmosphere. I think Tonal is one of these things that is the right product at the right time. You look at Peloton and it's skyrocketed over the last few months. Sure, there's going to be more and more, you know, kind of competition coming in, trying to steal that market share. But I don't think they're going to cannibalize the market. Say, yeah, Amazon. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and even that. So the, the prime bike comes out. And Amazon says it doesn't have anything to do with us. Kick them off the platform, which immediately saw Peloton stock plummet when Amazon people thought it was associated. And then it rose back when they realized this is just a scam and a great marketing play. Um, but as you look at this offering, the tonal says, all right, I get it. A, a stationary bike, a treadmill, you guys are going to do cardiovascular. Where am I going to get the actual fitness or the, 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 the physical exertion? I'm going to create artificial intelligence. I'm going to create smart technology that is going to adapt to the individual. It is going to be a personal trainer built into your wall and into your home. I could not be more interested in this product. I actually have two neighbors on the waiting list to get theirs, and they have continued to ask me, well, how do you do this or how do you do that without a tonal kind of equipment matter? So as the home gym, I think probably one in 10 home gyms in the world are being used right now, but as the home gym becomes part of the understanding we need to see the development of a house differently and start to look at, hey, the office is a real thing now, as well as the gym. And so as you see the gym become part of the typical home setup, these kinds of products and these kinds of sports backings of, I am a professional athlete and can get my full facility and workout with this tool. These things are gonna do nothing but skyrocket as we go forward. Oh, yeah, I think it's amazing. And I had an opportunity to see Tonal when it was in stealth mode. And I was like, really? yeah, this is going to be a game changer. Shout out to Next Play Capital, uh, Ryan Neeson uh, company. Uh, they're doing great things. So what was your first reaction to it when you saw it? At first, I was like, it's it's pretty sick. But I just, I was like, people still go to the gym because they want that sense of community. If you have a trainer, yeah. different things like that. Um, but with everyone's schedule kind of like the hustle economy right now no one has time to drive to the gym have an hour to work out got to go back home you know if you have kids if you have family if you have other things to do so tonal is like an opportunity where you can get like a quick 30 minute uh 20 minute little workout in in the comfort of your home take a shower at home eat at home and then head to wherever you need to go so i understood where they were getting at but i was just like let's just wait and see let's just wait and see and obviously, with the current situation at hand, skyrocket along with Peloton and the, uh, and not even just Peloton and Tonal, just like other like resistance bands, you know, jump ropes, yeah. boxing gloves, like anything that you can do in house um, has skyrocketed. So, as you said, there's been, no, go ahead. There's been people on like Craigslist selling dumbbells for like yeah. five hundred dollars. It's like <laughs> you, you cats are crazy. Yeah, whatever happened to the Herschel Walker workout? Just push-ups and sit-ups, you know? Jump That's in. it. Yeah, but uh, we'll see how it goes. I think um, 
but I think it just makes sense for athletes to get involved in things that they know about, like you alluded to, because you have a better understanding of what may work, what may not work. And you have more of a vested interest. Like, you know, when you're able to explain it to somebody else, when you're able to talk about it, um, I think you just feel more confident when you're making that investment decision. And we're only one step away from, okay, Steph Curry, you show us your workout on the tonal. That is something I want to follow. That is content I'm interested in, both from just an observation as well as an application perspective. So, yeah, the the idea of athletes investing in businesses that are directly associated with their performance is a no-brainer. It's it's uh, taking you know the Nike for Michael Jordan and just transposing it into different industries and different perspectives. But no, I, I think the the tonal peloton. The, the idea of the home workout is here to stay regardless of what the future looks like. And it is going to be very interesting to see, you know, how people adapt to this and where, where you really start to utilize it. You know, I am not a fan and everybody's telling me this, oh, well, you can jump on the Peloton for 15, 20 minutes or Tonal's got a 15 minute workout. Well, I don't. When did these fifteen-minute workouts become a thing? Like, I, I, you're you're a professional athlete. Have you ever worked out for fifteen minutes? That's a warm-up. That's a. That's, that's the warm-up. That's a stretch and jog. I think it's like, like they then do like the little ab like ab blasters or like like glute activation things where it's like you try to get a lot of a lot in one time. And I feel like from the athlete perspective, that's where you get injuries. So they they need to change up that model. They need to change it up. Like outside of eight minute abs, I'm not in for the under 30 minute workout. Okay, next topic. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Um, and in the past, LeBron James have both gotten sued to um, as they've tried to um, build their brand, you know, posting photos on Instagram. Apparently, they didn't have the license to post them. And the original photographers of the photos have sued them. Um, so let's talk about that. Some of the implications around athletes you know, trying to build their brand, their personal profile off images or, you know, licensings that they don't necessarily have um, the ownership to. And, you know, this is a really tough one for me because it, there, there's no malicious intent. And really, you're just looking at, hey, this is a good shot of me. Why would I not be able to utilize that and to promote it? Now, I'm all in understanding around intellectual property and, you know, ownership is nine tenths of the law. But this idea that a, a, a reporter, a journalist, a photographer is willing to really break the trust of the athlete and to really build up this idea of you are the animal at the zoo. You you don't have any. I feel like there's a better approach to bridging this gap than the lawsuit. I think this is a cash grab. They made a mistake. I want to jump on it. It is also an alarm to the athlete. To me individually, I create YouTube videos or videos that I post out. And sometimes I splice in little clips or scenes from other things. And I have been, I've gotten the newsletter or the email or the, the warning from YouTube or whoever that says, hey, 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 you do not own that. You cannot have that in your material. So to Deshaun, to the idea of the modern day athlete, we are now being forced to compartmentalize, to understand you are an athlete, you are an individual, 
but you do not own everything that is around and who you are. So it is an interesting offering. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I just want to touch on this real quick because as athletes, you know, you get tagged in a photo and it's like you repost it or something and then and you can eventually get in trouble for it. Um, I know certain leagues have, you know, signed deals with organizations like Influencer and Greenfly um, to have a database of licensed photos that the players can use. But this is definitely something that the Players Association should take um, full responsibility for to help athletes grow their profiles, grow their brands. Because now you've seen athletes just have their own media companies, have their own photographers, have their own videographers to avoid situations like this. But in a sense, I would, from Deshaun Watson's standpoint, like you said, the animal at the zoo, I'd say, well, the photographer is no longer allowed to take pictures of me. Exactly. You know? Where does that, where does that, where does the line get drawn in the sense of, okay, he could take pictures of me and sell it, but I can't use the pictures that have been taken. Yeah. So where does that, Looks like what does that look like moving forward? And I think it's going to take a Deshaun Watson, a, a guy who is the name in his town, to make that statement of, you know, what what am I trying to do here, and what are you trying to do, yeah. and where is the line? Uh, and it is going to be a very interesting intellectual property kind of conversation um, coming forward because the image and the branding is going downstream. We're going to college now. And what can I now promote? Well, technically, I can't promote a picture of me with my college logo on it, but I can just promote a picture of me. So all of these things, but I love that you put it back on the players' associations. Any league, this is the kind of information, this is the kind of content that is going to have to be addressed. There's going to have to be a sequence and I would even think as we look at value from a player's association to the player, here is a system of things that we are going to filter for you. Here are what you are allowed to use. Here are the items that you are not allowed to use and have them readily accessible. So I, I think that I had not thought that way through it, but I think that's really interesting to see put it on the league and the unions to be able to protect the individuals in this instance. Yeah, and that's a great point. And then just to touch on some notes for athletes that may be listening, um, music licensing, you know, when you do those workout videos and play music that's not yours, you can get sued as well. Pictures that aren't yours and also false ad advertisement. If you're like endorsing a product that you no longer work with or failed to disclose that it's a sponsored um, situation, you can get sued as well. So make sure you guys watch out. Fail to disclose that you can profit. That's a major one coming from the financial world as an advisor. If I ever recommend something that I can benefit from, you always have to disclose that information. Yeah, so let's close it out. Um, athlete of the week, um, a former teammate of yours. Uh, oh, yeah. Marquise Colston, someone I've had the pleasure of meeting, um, did a class um, from him. Um, so let's talk about him. He decided to become – it must be a Saints thing because you did it. You did it. <laughs> And uh, now he's doing it. He's become an adjunct professor for uh, what school? University of New Orleans. Yes. So let's talk about this. You know, athletes using their expertise to teach and uh, not only give back, but find a new way to, uh, as we all know, make money for athletes. To, for finance. Make a business to impact, to empower, and to really see yourself as an educator. Uh, Marcus is one of those guys who has been a role model of mine for the last 10 years, not because, you know, he's the guy who's going to stand in front of a room and bark at everyone, 
we call him the quiet storm because he has an immense power with a minimum amount of words. And he is just always led by his actions. So to have my name associated with his in an article around former saints becoming you know, adjunct professors is a huge, tremendous compliment to me. But um, Marcus said, I understood the issues. He was one of those guys that even while he was playing, he was forward thinking. He saw the transition. He himself struggled through it, as we all do, and hopefully you won't for a few years, but even you will. But what he did was he began to look at what is my interest. He created a, a curriculum at Columbia around becoming an angel investor and looking at how to adapt in those models. I took but that. now he's really, did you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great. It was great, yeah. right? A lot, a lot, I learned a lot from that course. Really? Uh, I actually warned against him for from that content of saying, I'm not a big fan of uh, the mass professional athlete participating in those kind of offerings while they're playing, because I think there's too much risk. But he educated me and understood more of what he was doing and really showing and shining light for you know, athletes like you who are much more level-headed than I am. But to, to see his course curriculum be built around that transition, built around what he took from the game and how he's translating it into his professional world, I think that's a course that professional athletes must take and really everyone should take to learn from. No, that's what it's all about. Um, you know, using your personal experiences to teach and give back and, you know, kind of fine tune. Uh, a great thing that you do as, as well is use your personal stories to teach lessons and principles. And I think as athletes get more popular, I mean, we're natural trendsetters, we're natural role models, even if we don't want to be or not. Um, to use this opportunity to teach, I think is really uh, vital. And can you talk about, because I, I actually spoke with the professor last week on a podcast that I need to uh, post, um, the process of becoming an adjunct professor. It's not really difficult um, per se, but athletes should at least understand what it takes. So my journey began donating my time, going and teaching one-off classes for different parts of the universities, showing up and just showing that I not only had something to say, but I can actually stand in front and deliver it. So if you are looking at, man, I want to do that one day, my recommendation would be, I would reach out to as many universities as you can and say, I would love 30 minutes, an hour, 10 minutes, whatever it is, to talk to your students. As you build that up, you will start to create your curriculum. And then you have the opportunity to actually have a conversation around what it is I want people to walk away with. Because if you are trying to stand in front of a room and talk, that is good because it develops some skills. But if you're not focused on what the student is going to leave with, you are not a professor and you shouldn't be there. So tell me exactly what you want them to walk away with. And then we build out the classes to get them there. So it's a, it's a great process. I see more athletes developing into this. And Marcus is, is the first, and not, not the first, but he is going to start this new wave. No, I think it's really important. And before we close, you know, for athletes, Jed, you started at Washington State, your alumni. Brandon Copeland, of, well, another football player, he started at UPenn, uh, alumni. Um, Marquise started in New Orleans, somewhere where he has a community affiliation. So the opportunities are there. You just got to go back in your network, go back in your circle and, you know, reach out. And like you said, you know, do the time. So. That's it for this week of Bank Shots.
Um, any closing remarks? Enjoy the day. Keep growing. Yeah, see you guys next Wednesday.